This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Market, and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. We're on episode 146 for this Friday, the 25th of August. So how was your week? Hope it went okay for you. Leaving certain results were out today. Hope that went well for everyone there. A new free newspaper called The Tip Echo was launched at the Torbett Hotel this week. Got more on this coming up. Staying with the Torbett Hotel, a heated meeting with business people from the town and Irish Water took place there on Monday. Clonmel Pride is on tomorrow, Saturday in town, with lots going on at the plaza, including busking champs after Eden performing as well. And don't forget to go out and enjoy the parade. Clonmel's Mark O'Farrell was ordained a priest at Waterford Cathedral this week. Congratulations there, Mark. Staying with the church, a big congratulations to St Mary's retired sacristan Eddie Sweetman, who will be presented with a Benamaranti medal next week. In case you're wondering, the medal is issued by the Pope for service to a Catholic church. So nice one, Eddie. And finally, best of luck to all the Clonmel producers who have been shortlisted at the Blasna Heron Awards, which is coming up, I believe, in October. So what is coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, we find out about the history of the Ormond stores in Kilsheelan with Johnny O'Dwyer. Duffy Circus is coming to town. News on how you can quit smoking and the winners of our hashtag Where's Miller competition are announced. The Clonmel Podcast. But as I just mentioned, the launch of the new Tip Echo newspaper took place at the Talbot Hotel on Tuesday and I popped along to find out more. So I've come to the launch of the Tip Echo here at the Talbot Hotel and I'm joined by the owner, Jamie O'Flaherty. Welcome. Thank you very much, Mark. Good night tonight. Nice turnout. Oh, fantastic. I mean, you know, in the back of your mind, you're, you're kind of half wondering who will turn up. You said this out. Yes, and I met you coming in, you went, oh, I'm glad people are turning up tonight. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? Yeah, Come on. I know, but you know, I'm just thrilled to bits, I mean, to have so many people here and so many familiar faces and friends and people that have travelled from afar. I mean, there are people here tonight who I probably meet, um, you know, once a fortnight, once a month at, at sometimes. And to travel, I mean, there's people who travel the length of the country to be here. And um, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming, but uh, I can't thank them enough. Tell us about the new paper. Yeah, so the Tip Echo, uh, for the first time we'll have a newspaper um, covering the entire county. It'll be a weekly free newspaper and we'll be distributing 8,000 copies every week. Um, Our goal and our aim is by the end of year one to be up to 12,000 copies a week. By the end of year two, heading towards 15,000. And by the end of year three, hopefully between 15 and 20,000, delivering door to door to our larger towns. So that's the aim and that's the ambition. We, 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 we set the stall high. Um, we want it that way. And uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. So it's about a digital version as well. I heard you mention this during the speech there. Yeah, so free digital edition as well. Um, and over time, the digital edition will evolve and it will become a free live and interactive newspaper, which means we can incorporate audio which, which we might get yourself included yeah, at gladly, some point gladly. And, and video as well and particularly I think for advertisers whereby they may be restricted to some space at times and they can't always get every item that they sell into, into a one page advert this will allow us to add up pop-up menus and maybe links to different products and links back to their website and we'll even have a facility whereby if somebody likes a product well enough they can purchase it through our digital newspaper so yeah, that's all ahead of us. It's really exciting time. It's the first time in my career that I've been able to incorporate all of the medias into one. So really excited about that. We're looking forward to it. So the paper is out now? It is. It's out 
officially tomorrow, the officially, 23rd. So, there's, yeah. a few, there's a few going around tonight. <laughs> I saw yeah. those coming in. Yeah. I went, wow, he's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> but officially tomorrow, the 23rd, and then every Wednesday from there on. Every Wednesday, so it'll be door-to-door -door delivery, but also available at all the shops like it was, like yeah, the old paper so, was. Yeah, so we're not going to door-to-door -door immediately. That is the plan. But for now, it's available in every shop, every garage. And the beauty is, because it's free, it's in every barber shop, every hair salon, every nail bar, restaurant, hotel. You can't miss it. If you really want to find it, you'll find it. And it's available to everybody. And as I said, it's, it's free and it's there. And, it's, and I, I want people to actually really embrace it and believe that it's their newspaper. This is a community newspaper. Um, it, it, it's reflecting all of the positive things that are happening in, in each and every community. And you know, there are some people in communities who, you know, they're volunteers and they do things willingly all year round and they never get any recognition for it. We're here to give them recognition. Whether they want it or not, they're going to be recognized. And, um, you know, so it, it really is a community newspaper. How's it been getting the preparation done for this tonight? Oh my God. It's... You look great on it, I have to say. <laughs> look at your own hair and everything. <laughs> it was stressful. <laughs> uh, and even the thoughts of going weekly is adding to that. But um, no, I think, I think, you know, for the first one, there was a bit of pressure on making sure we were back tonight. It was only printed this evening. So getting back, wet. yeah, getting back in time and, yeah. and being here to be set up to, to greet and meet everybody as they arrive. Uh, yeah, a little bit of pressure, but you know what? Seeing everybody here tonight and so many well wishes and friends, it's it's, it's well worth it. Listen, we wish you the very best of luck with the tip echo, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Thanks a lot. Susie Moran, you're here to support Jamie tonight. Yes, here to support Jamie. He's been a long-time family friend and it's great for somebody like Jamie to start up the Tip Echo and bring all the news to the people instead of having to go and find out the news. And the great thing, of course, we have it every week now. Every single week. And Jamie may not know this, I didn't tell him, but I actually worked on the Common Express all those years ago and it gets great feedback. All the newspapers get great feedback from people and they don't charge to put the information in, but it's there for everybody to pick up. I think I have a potential podcast guest there. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to organise that. Susie, thank you so much. Carmel Weston, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you? Here tonight supporting Jamie? Yes. I wish him all the best and wish him all the success. Nice turnout as well tonight. It was lovely to see so many different faces because like, I'm only new to the game, so it's lovely to see new faces. <laughs> and as I say to Susie, it's great to know now the paper is out every week. I love, I can't wait to see it every week. I do be, I do be look, waiting, looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, we all love the free paper. Carmel, thank you. Thank you. Paddy O'Donoghue, good to see you, former podcast guest. You're here tonight for the launch of the Tip Echo with Jamie. How do you know Jamie? Uh, uh, I'm Jamie. We're neighbours for years and years above in the wilderness. We're next door neighbours. And to, right today we continue to be great friends. We're involved with Clomel Town. I said myself, it's just a man I admire so much, great admiration for him, you know, and I'd say uh, we keep in contact the whole time, whether it be common town stuff or just in general. But I said uh, we know each other from a very young age. I'd say he was my next door neighbour and lovely family. Remember his father Cyril and his mother Frances and that, like, you know. Beautiful family, as I said, and I'm just delighted to be here supporting Jamie with this tonight. Did you ever think when you knew him back then he'd have his own newspaper? I absolutely never thought for one second he'd have his own newspaper. <laughs> Fair from it. Thought he might have other things but a newspaper. <laughs> no, but do you know when you kind of know someone and you see and you grow up with them and then something unexpectedly kind of happens, but you see the progress of Jamie. I've seen him trying his hands at a lot of things. 
But to see him um, when he went doing his his course and to come so far and now have his own newspaper, you know. And I'm glad he's out on his own with this one because he deserves it. He does. And say why Mark why he does why he does for sports that ain't that ain't um, seen on other newspapers, such as like I'm heavily involved with arts. And I'm, own, I'm always seeing you on Facebook. The darts. Me never. <laughs> But my own, our own daughter won a bronze medal in the European Cup there um, only a couple of weeks ago and Jamie had it on the newspaper before that one ceased. But he was always on to me to send them on things got to do with darts or any sports in general that may not be getting any publicity. You know what you see with the hockey? Like, yeah. Fabulous, like, you know, and I think we need, like, we need more Jamies. We know? do, we certainly we do. And listen, we wish them the best of luck with the paper, of course. Definitely, wish them serious luck with it, like, you know. I said, if any man deserves it, he definitely deserves the best to look with this like you know. And I've no doubt that this is gonna be a big success for him. Howdy, thank you very much. Thanks very much, Mark. Martin Duggan, Clonmill Podcast Mug winner. Welcome tonight. <laughs> well, great mug, thank you. <laughs> so you're here at the launch of the Tip Echo for Jamie O'Flaherty. Great that the paper's back now and weekly as well. Uh, it is, it's, it's great for the local community and it's great that it's a local person and run by a local person. And I wish Jamie the best in the future with the paper going forward. And I see you have one in your hand there as well. I have, yeah. First edition, I'll keep that. That'll be worth some money in years to come, Martin. That it will. And we've got our photos taken tonight. Maybe we'll be in next week's edition, will we? Hopefully we will. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, thank you very much. You too. Pleasure. <laughs> thank you to everyone there. And again, best of luck to Jamie with the new newspaper. The Clonmel Remembrance Walk will take place on Sunday, September the 10th, starting at the Gashouse Bridge at 4pm and walking to Mulcahy Park and back and then stopping at the Tree of Hope for music reflection, remembrance names and poetry and of course the laying of the wreath. There'll also be a mass earlier at 12.30pm at St Peter and Paul's to mark Suicide Prevention Day. They're also looking for volunteers to help out with stewardship on the day. And if you go to Thomas Ryan's Love Home, Love Clonmel Facebook page, he has more details there for you. Now with school just around the corner, Busy Bees here in town have launched their new bus service from September. It's from St Oliver's School at 2.45pm to Busy Bees in Mary Street. Now to book your child's place, you can contact the office at busybeesclonmel.com. That's office at busybeesclonmel.com or get more on their social media pages. Duffy Circus is coming to Powerstown Park from Wednesday the 13th to Sunday the 17th of September with a sensory-friendly performance on Friday the 15th of September at 4.30pm. Book now with an early bird offer on duffycircus.com and check out their social media pages. On Your Toes dance classes take place every Wednesday with all ages catered for. You can choose from jazz to rock and roll to contemporary and lots more. Places are now available in their junior lyrical classes on Tuesday for ages 5, 6 and 7. Get more on their social media pages. Hillview Sports Club Pitch and Puck course will be closed from today, Friday the 25th to Monday the 28th of August for course maintenance and will reopen on Tuesday the 29th of August at 12pm. And also, don't forget Bingo Night is Monday night at Hillview with a jackpot prize at €1,000 and it all starts there at 8pm. The next St. Vincent de Paul Furniture Sale is on Friday, September the 1st from 10am to 1pm. And also, just to let you know that if you have any unwanted clothes, bric-a-brac, etc., you can drop them off at Mulcahy House, Anglesey Street tomorrow and every Saturday in September from 10am to 12.30pm. For more, call this number 052 61 
23878. Canberra Kickfit, a new FAI programme is coming to Clonmel Town FC and will run for eight weeks. This is a fun, non-competitive social programme for women aged 18 and over. Get more details on the Clonmel Town FC social media pages. Clonmel Swimming Club are holding open trials at the Clonmel Pool on Saturday, September the 2nd and Sunday, September the 3rd from 7.45 to 8.45am for swimmers born 2011 or later. If you're interested in joining the club, you must also attend on both days and parents, you'll also need to contact the secretary if your child is interested in taking part. And you can call this number 086 3244181. That's 086 3244181. A free weekend quit smoking group will start at the Clonmel Community Resource Centre, Kickham Street, on the 13th of September from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. To book your place on this eight week course, call Geraldine on this number 087 1880 a golf classic in aid of South Tipperary Hospice will take place on Friday, September the 1st at the Clonmel Golf Club. All are welcome to attend there. A psychic and holistic fair is coming to the Talbot Hotel on Sunday, the 24th of September. It's on from 11am to 7pm and entry is free. Some of Ireland's top medium psychic tarot and angel card readers will offer one-to-one private and personal readings on the day. How cool is that? And don't forget to ask him for the lotto numbers. There will also be a wide range of treatments, advice and information on the day as well, provided by a selection of national and local holistic therapists. Sounds good, doesn't it? Clonmel Theatre Guild presents Sacred Old Cow, created and written by Paul Sheehan. It's on at the Coachman Bar on Friday, September 22nd at 7.30pm. Get more details on the Clonmel Theatre Guild Facebook page there. The Clonmel Library have a chess club, by the way, every Saturday at 2pm. So if you fancy playing chess, why not pop along there? Uproar Rock Chorus are looking for bass, baritone and tenor voices to join them. If this is you and you fancy being part of the team, email uproarrockchorus at gmail.com. The next Clonmel Repair Cafe will take place tomorrow, Saturday, the 26th of August at the Dennis Lacey Hall, where the Toy Library will also be open. So maybe you have something at home that's not quite working properly. Want to bring it along and hopefully they'll sort it out for you there. The epic production of From Out the Land comes to Kick and Barracks from the 1st to the 10th of September. This is set to be one of those not-to-be-missed shows. Tickets are on sale right now from the box office, price 20 to 25 euros. Go to junctionfestival.com for more details. Clon Melody present the Candlelight Quartet with the Libra String Quartet, Raheen House, on Thursday, October the 5th. You'll be serenaded by Candlelight to the music of the movies and musicals. Tickets are $19.50 plus booking fee through Eventbrite and the doors open there at 8pm. That's set to be a great night. How about some GAA rounders? Well, it's on every Monday at Marlefield GAA Club. Starts at 7.30pm, why not pop along and join in the fun? Clonmel Library hold an age-friendly senior film club showing some of those timeless classics of yesteryear on the last Wednesday of every month at 2pm. You'll also get to have tea and bickies afterwards as well. Love those old movies, don't you? Bannerclue Miller, Colour Guard are taking new members this coming September. Children aged between 8 and 11 years are welcome to apply and parents, all you have to do is send in your child's name, age and your phone number to bcmcolorguard at gmail.com and the closing date is September the 5th. Tipperary ETB have a range of part-time courses starting in September here in town from hairdressing to home repairs and maintenance to culinary skills. 
In fact, want to have a look at the list on their Facebook page or visit fetchcourses.ie. The Clomel Park Run is on tomorrow, Saturday, and every Saturday morning at 9.30am from the Gashouse Bridge. All are welcome to attend this 5k run or walk along the river. And you get to meet new people as well. Cecil have their free coffee mornings every Monday and Wednesday at 24 William Street here in town from 10.30am to 12.30pm. You can call in for a cuppa and find out what Cecil is all about, or just have a cup of coffee and a chat. If you fancy a bit of rugby tomorrow, Clomer Rugby Club are taking on Old Christians RFC at Argea. Kickoff is at 2pm and all are welcome. It's a pre-season friendly. And by the way, their split the bucket draw will take place on Sunday the 27th of August, this coming Sunday at 8pm in the halfway house. I know when I was getting chips last weekend in Miscellis, they have the split the bucket there. So you can pop in and get your tickets and maybe win some cash. Peaks Mountaineering Club in town. Their hill walking season starts up again on Sunday, September the 3rd with walks on the gorgeous Cumbras. New members are always welcome to join. And for more information, follow them on social media. Social dancing continues this coming Sunday at Feathered Ballroom. It all starts at half past eight on until half eleven. Admission is ten euros and teas will be served. And this coming Sunday, you'll be dancing to Bernie Heaney. The South Tipperary Autism Group are having a conference for parents, caregivers and professionals of children aged from 2 to 18 years. It's on Wednesday the 18th of October starting at 7.30pm at the Talbot Hotel. The Clummel Podcast Job Spot. Now jobs this week, what do we got? Well, Bodega 1830 are looking for front of house staff. For more info, go to their social media pages. The new Tip Echo Free newspaper are looking to hire a sales executive. For more, you can send your CV to info at tipecho.ie. That's info at tipecho.ie. The Clonmel Community Training Centre are looking to hire a clerical officer. Part-time position, two and a half days per week. For more details, email uodwyer, that's uodwyer, at clonmelctc.ie. Raheem House are looking for a kitchen porter and experienced housekeeper. Get more on their social media pages. O'Sullivan Insurance are looking to hire a personal lines insurance account executive. Sounds very important. For more details, go to their Facebook page. A customer assistant is wanted at Tesco Clonmel. Just drop in your CV there. Waiting staff are wanted at Galileo Cafe in town. Get more on their social media pages. TK Maxx at the Showground Shopping Centre are looking for a retail associate. Again, drop in your CV to them there. A furniture sales advisor is wanted at Easy Living Furniture at the Poppy Fields. Just drop in your CV. And finally, Bennigan's are looking for a chef. Full-time experience required. Call 87 If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clomel Podcast, just email Podcast at gmail.com. Right then, time for this week's interview, and I popped along to the Ormond Stores in Kilsheelan to chat to Johnny O'Dwyer. The Clonmel Podcast. I've come to the fabulous Ormond Stores just outside Clonmel on the Kilkenny Road, and I'm joined by Johnny O'Dwyer. Johnny, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. You're sitting here with your pint of Guinness, which I believe the best in Tipperary. Is that true? So to say. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be for me to blow the old comfort to offer the old armour stores. But, but, but it is, of course. <laughs> I've just found out there's a pub behind the stores. I had no idea about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very well-kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's great to be here. When, when did Ormond Stores first open? 1750, they tell me, but I, mm. I wouldn't know. So I, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> ah, you're not that old at all. So don't take me back that far. And what's the history of the store itself that you remember? That I remember is the only history that I remember is I was four when I came here. All right. My mother brought it with the help of her sister who owned Robinson's Pub in Kilsheen. Know it well, yes. Uh, they sold a 50-acre farm up around Feather somewhere, Jossestown or um, Saucestown, I think. And it had to be subsidised by a thousand quid, which was a lot of money then, by her sister, Biddy Robinson Kilsheen. And my mother came here, and I was four when I came here. That's how I kind of remember that. Like. So I've been around since. And did you help out in the shop at all? I was, I was here until I was, got married around 21. I was here all the time, mm. from four on. I did my stint. What were you doing in the shop? What were your chores? In, when I was going to school, my, my um, chores in the evening were putting bottles into a concrete tank so to steep them, so they take the labels off them. Then you went out winter or summer, it didn't make any damn difference. You, you washed them and put them in, in cases. Then my father would go to the Kitchen station where they unloaded the Guinness at that time no way. With, with a horse and car and they rolled them onto the horse and car because there's a little ramp there. Then my father brought him back to the almond stores somewhere around out there somewhere where there was uh, like two ESV poles running beside one another with about a foot in the middle which fitted the curve of the barrel. Yeah. So he rolled them off the, the horse and car onto this and they shoved the shove down along and then bottling day came. Now, you were there with blue hands in the middle of winter washing these bottles. Mm. They had to be steeped to take off the label. And then there was a smaller tank with cleaner water <laughs> up on top. And, you, and there was a little geezer that you pressed the bottle down on and there was also a brush. Mm. And you smelt each one in case someone had brought home paraffin oil in it. Right, or okay. methylated spirits yeah, yeah, were used yeah. in the chili lamps back then. Yeah. So after that, you had this the, you had this timber barrel on, on this two tim timbers. So you got this, you got the tap, and a mallet, mm. and you put it to the bone, and you hit it hard enough. You hope that it lodged in it, and if it didn't really lodge in it well, you'd be straight with Guinness, and you had to hit it real fast then to get seizures. Right. So then you opened the taps into a smaller tank which had siphons on it and you put the bottles on it. Now, they had a little, Guinness had, it was very proper, Guinness had a little rubber ball that you put on these siphons and you squeezed it in and opened it up and it brought the Guinness up to the siphons and ready to put the bottle up on the siphons. But of course, we always started with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure it's Sometimes okay. a little bit too long, but there you go. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Just you checking the Guinness is all you were doing. Right? <laughs> yeah. When you got them going then, yeah. you just took the bottle off and put it in the case <laughs> and put another bottle on and there was uh, maybe three or four siphons on this tank and you kept them, it's like um, an assembly line, just taking them off mm. and putting them on until the, until the thing, I think there's about 10 dozen. So you were bottling the Guinness basically? Yeah, there was about, I think there's about 10 dozen bottles were in the barrel 
could be wrong on that one. Now, but were, they, were, they, were they corked bottles in, were they? No one. Were they corked the bottles? Oh, that was another story. <laughs> 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 they were corked yeah. at that time. Uh, you, you took them out when you had them all this, you filled all these cases first, and then you went to cork them. Now, the corks were, they were very rigid. So you, you poured boiling water on the corks down through a colander. And then it's like loading a gun. A car, no, has ever, obviously, it's not that too long ago, but maybe it's long for people, <laughs> some people. You loaded like a cartridge into, the, into a, say, like a tube, hmm. like a cartridge into a gun, and then you pulled the handle, and the, the, the cork was compressed, and it went down into the bottle, which is underneath, and extended. That was, that was that part of it. Then you had to label it. Oh, now, Guinness sent out labels. There's one of them actually in the shop, still there, in, uh, on the bottle with uh, uh, the wires, bottled by the wires. Guinness bottled by the wires. Yeah. Wow, Atlas. that's very cool, isn't yeah. it? Very yeah. nice yeah. to see yeah. that. They had it, and now they had these labels. So you could get uh, kind of a big tube about the height, like about, and to stick them on. Well, what was used was cornflour um, corn and water. No way. Yeah, cornflour and water, and you just dipped it in it, and you stuck it on, trying to get it right way up, you know. <laughs> and they did that. So you had your you had your bottles with corks on them and with labels on them. Then you put those had to be stored for about ten days before they got uh, conditioned enough. Oh right, you couldn't just put them on no, the shelf and no, sell. they couldn't. You couldn't. No, no. I, I got a uh, kind of a, a taste for raw Guinness, but <laughs> most people wouldn't have it. <laughs> so they, they bring them in then. Uh, the, the funny part of that was that when you brought them in, it, it got very warm. Now it was generally not very warm in the pubs in them days because there was no bloody heat and everybody mm -hmm. had no overcoats on. <laughs> but if, if they were, had a crowd or something, the cocks would start blowing off the, off the bottle with the heat. Right, yeah. So you could hear him pop, pop, pop. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> it was a very time-consuming job, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It yeah. really was. Oh, and how old, how old were you when you were doing the bottling? I would be at, from the time I was eight or nine. I was. Oh my God! Really? With, uh, yeah, we doing that like you no. Know, Tough old job. Yeah. Then I was. It, it was because you never did anything else. I never did anything else when I was going to school. I never played sports, football, or like that because you came home. He didn't do all the bottling because some like mineral waters came in the, in their own bottle, like O'Brien's and Mulcahy's and Dewan's and people like that. Mm. But they were all thrown in the big heap outside. So if you weren't washing bottles, bottling, you were sorting bottles because they were all returned in them days. So you, you got the case that belonged to Dewan's or O'Brien and you went through this big pile of bottles and got the because and this is essential to be done because when they when they came to deliver you had to have these ready to go back or you'll be charged on them you see they had to charge if you so didn't have the, the same amount going right. back you'll be charged and what was missing out of them like. but johnny if you think about it <coughs> that was recycling back in those days well it was done properly then yeah it was done properly and that was all done away with and as the years went on yeah it had done properly used to bring a bottle back and get 5p for it yeah, or something it, it was done properly <laughs> that leads now to a different story we won't go through here <laughs> so that's what you were doing you were bottling or there was always something to be done here when you were here so you just came home from school and you went whatever you were assigned to you went 
to do and then you might end up behind the counter for a while like doing the groceries or whatever it was everything can then of course loose again recycling there was no plastic packaging tea came in large tea chests sugar came in big bloody bags flour came in big bags biscuits came in big tins biscuit tins about that size everything had to be measured out weighed out bread came in grinder you broke them off beautiful grinder still doing them there but you had your scales with your pound and two pounds and ounces. Are they the old scales with the weights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you measure everything and put it in little brown paper bags and give it out to And the general thing at that time was people generally didn't pay for groceries. Right. Because they just put, they would just put them on the book. There'd be a lot of large families there that would put them on the book. And they, would be, they might be waiting for a letter from America or, or a check from England yeah. at the end of the month. At the end of the month, but I tell you one thing: the honesty of those people then. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, the honesty of them. Like. Then you'd have maybe the farmers. Now they wouldn't pay maybe for a year because they'd be waiting to for, at the end of a year to for the a fat heifer or something mm. to to pay that mm. bill. And if if it was being paid by, <coughs> we say. A mother or a grandmother, if the father had died, there was no male peasant. She'd come into the snug. There right. was a snug there. Of course, there was no women in the pub in the in those days. Ah. So this old lady, and generally, she was dressed in black, because otherwise her husband would come in barefoot, or whatever. Like, but she was generally dressed in black. She came into the snug to fix up. She might have availed of the opportunity to have a, a glass of port. While you were while you were talking up how much she owed you, and then she paid, and that was it. Off she went. And that was that was the armor store in them days. That's the way it was, especially with the book, That's wasn't the it? But then progress came. In the shape of first one was electricity. <laughs> no <way>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that came somewhere in the middle. Before it did come in, what? So what was it like then? Candlelight. They had gas. Right. Okay. Yeah, because the place was full of lead piping. Now, I don't ever remember gas being used, hmm. but they had these chili lamps and stuff like that, you know, where you had met little spirits uh, lit in a little bowl and you had a wick, and then you pumped it to get the, the paraffin oil up into it, and off she went. And they were very good, I must say, but sure, to the concrete floors, and you'd be just freezing, to be honest about you know. So, anyway, electricity came. Electricity came. All changed. Uh, everything changed. My grandmother was here then. She died, about, she was, I think she was around 99. And the day before she died, she was chasing a pet goat belonged to me <laughs> in the paddock there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, chasing a pet goat. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Day, but she would not switch on the light. No way. No, no way would she go near that thing. <laughs> no, wouldn't switch it on. Never switched on the light. Afraid though. of it, probably. Oh, no, no, just not right. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Didn't, didn't light change at all. Give us no, the old paraffin no, light. No, no, it, no, that'll no. do. No paraffin light. And back in those days as well, I know the store is open now until 10 o'clock in the evening. Mm. Was was the shop open then late or did, was it closed earlier? They had strange, strange kind of. Um, 
license law mm. back then. Like you know, if if you were if you were a traveler, I know I remember a time I I would say body would be good at that. But if you were a traveler, I remember answering the door. You know, we might have to close at ten o'clock or whatever you're supposed to close at. Mm. But if someone knocked on the door and said they were a traveler, you had to leave them in. This is someone passing by, say, yeah, going there are traveler. I think tra being a traveler was more than three miles. I know I could be wrong on that mm. because, as I say, my head is not that, like buddies, you know, if you, 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 you could know all that thing. Mm. But of course, the lads that were kicked out of the pub in Balapatic were travelers. <laughs> So they come down, <laughs> and the fellows are cute out the phone here with travellers, and then they went up to Balabar. <laughs> so basically, they they'd knock on the door, is that right? Uh, yeah, and they said, oh, travellers, they announced to be travellers. Right, so I'm travelling. You couldn't refuse them, yeah. You couldn't refuse them, yeah. You and that give it all hours of the night? Uh, well, it wouldn't generally be, but but uh, it, you were supposed to leave them in if they were travellers, you know. To That's stem unbelievable. It's them to the old days, yeah. Oh it's funny. Well, well thank God that. that's finished anyway. Like waking people up in the middle of the night to <laughs> that would, get some you know, sugar that or be milk. kind of generally happened, but you know. You <laughs> did you enjoy your time here? Interior. I did, yeah. It was, it was very formative, like, you know. So you learned that you had to do a bit for your bread and butter mm. from, an age, from a very early age. Well, you were saying eight, eight years of age, yeah. bottling the Guinness. Uh, yeah, I was bottling the Guinness. I was, uh, I also bought bottled Smidix. That's a different story, the same mechanism. The Smidix was nice to taste as well with the old siphons. But when you came You're a devil for that, weren't you? When you <laughs> <laughs> Never left me. <laughs> but when, when you came to the end of the, the Smidix ale, All right. There was sludge. Okay. I mean, pure. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Total sludge. All rested at the end. And you, 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 you treated this much the same as a Guinness. Mm. But when you brought it in, when you, when you opened it, you had to be careful that you didn't store it, because there'd be always a little bit of sediment on the bot, on the, okay, on, yeah. the on the yeah. bottom of the bottle. So you, 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 you poured it carefully and left what the sediment in the bottom of the bottle. But then, after a while, they solved that. They brought in an ale called Time Ale, and I don't think we bottled that. But I, I, again, I could be wrong because I'd be vague on it. But that came without any sediment. It was Time Ale, it was at that stage. They called it Time Ale. But that that was um, just to go to go back to you were saying about in the shop, everything was coming in, like the tea came in in chests oh, yeah, and, and yeah, flour yeah, in yeah, bags, etc. Yeah, yeah. What about the milk back then? Did they serve milk here? Did they sell milk? Milk, I don't remember. Mm. What I do remember is that we had land over there and several families got milk off us in gallons. Yeah. But uh, as I say, I don't remember what way they... They sold it in the... I do remember when it came in bottles when there was actually cream on it. <laughs> I do remember go, yeah, that. Yeah. Before that, before the bottles, I actually can't remember, or maybe the bottles were there a long, long time, but I can't remember. But I know that we actually give people milk in gallons. Would they've come in churns? Huh? Big churns years ago? Oh yeah, the big, there were 25 gallon churns back, back in them days. Like, uh, they had big churns. <laughs> And obviously, big strong men to lift them. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My good God. Yeah. I also remember, Johnny, there being petrol pumps outside. Right. 
Did you ever work the petrol pumps? I worked the petrol pumps, like did I said. Did you? What was that like back in the day? It was a huge novelty for a young lad. Like, I, mm. I don't know what I was then, 10 or 12 or something like that. I was mad waiting for a car to come. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't wait. Like I said, yeah, it was, it was, this is a huge thing, like mechanism. Do you remember the pumps coming in? Oh, I do, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I do remember digging the thing. Like, so a big operation? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a big operation, yeah. In them days, before that, actually, the pumps came in, what was there was a weighbridge. There was actually a weighbridge there mm. where you weighed, like, um, something large, like, a tr you know, a trailer. You, yeah. you, you weighed the trailer and you came back with stuff in it and you weighed it again, yeah? So one of those, it's a big, long, big, long, had a, this thing had a big, long bar, like, you moved the, the weights back forward. Well, but why, why would they have one here? It was a place for Wayne, for Wayne, um, right. would say, Good if, thing, if you had a bullet going to the fair or something, <laughs> right, okay, you yeah. had a trailer which nobody had any then, yeah. you weighed the cost and care or something first, and then you weighed, or the, you weighed whatever you're bringing for, and then you weighed the bullet car. If you can stand there, you could weigh, you know, uh, that kind of thing was, 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 was there. But, that, but at that stage as well, what was there where the two-story houses now was attached portion. Beautiful. Yeah, oh, absolutely gorgeous. beautiful. Yeah. It had a little gate in front of it. Right. And you went in the little gate and it was all ivy covered and a huge tax roof. And it was cold, cool in winter and summer. It never changed. But uh, like I say, with the Wayne scales, the big modernization yeah. came in. Billy Doodle, the local builder at the time, was starting off. He said, Billy is still there. And that was one of his first jobs was to take down the thatch, which is almost a pity now when you think of it. Yeah. And and uh, build this two-story extension down there. But I always remember they talk about how times are so different. What we did with the thatch is we put chains around it, got a tractor onto it, pulled it off, and down the road, down that road. No way. In down there into where we had the farm where there was a pond. Yeah. And pulled it into the pond. No way. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my god. Down the main road. Oh my god. <laughs> Things were different then. They like certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were different. Oh wow. But you're right, I mean the thatched cottage is beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's just oh, well, you yeah. See. To be to be to be a masterpiece, to be lovely to have it there now, mm. which are them you see. We didn't think any of those things. Get you rid don't of them. know. Yeah, you, don't. Yeah, you, wouldn't, had, you wouldn't think that. We had, we had, there was a pony trap there to lovely RH chefs and all this thing. Like, I don't know where they went. Mm. Even the even the cocks, putting on the cocks or taking off the cocks, and it, you had the one to take it out here. Right. Oh, lovely RNA thing, but they just disappeared. You know where yeah. they go? Nobody cares. Who wants to keep their shit anymore? Let's get rid of it. <laughs> So you, you got a job working the petrol pumps, and you were very excited about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the petrol pumps. Yeah. Oh good, pure novelty. As well as that, you met people half on the road that you just ever see again. Or mm. it was good. And were you busy? Was trade busy with the petrol? Oh, it was busy enough, but there see, there wasn't many cars. I was about on the to road. ask you, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I remember the first car that went to mass in Gammonsfield. I sound like Methuselah now. <laughs> Thomas Laney was the first man, I think, that I remember had a car here that was parked in front of the church at Mass. No way. And we were, we were all looking at it. It was an Austin A40. Wow. Yeah. 
I remember as well he wasn't great at driving because he was taking the tunnel in front of the armor stores there and he was eating to the PP service one. <laughs> Not the PP service, but the wall. <laughs> I, I'd understand it because they were built like tanks. You know, and yeah. it, it wasn't the kind of tossing the wheel, you want to be able to turn the wheel. Mm, mm. And these things are bloody heavy, you know. <laughs> so you, you couldn't make a mistake like that. We got, we got one of them. I don't know if it was a shot after we got one of them there in an Asne party, that was a NASA bureau, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> the smell of, smell of them new, I still remember, yeah. Oh my good God. And <laughs> you know what, it's quite funny, I mean up to, would it be 10 years ago, there were still mostly young lads who would be, you'd drive into the forecourt there to get some petrol or diesel and these lads would come out and, and fill your car up and now they're a rarity, aren't they? Uh, yeah, oh, they're, they're very well. I think there was a there was an ongoing problem with the council because it's, it, because of its sighting of the petrol pump, but the lady, she, she cured all that. <laughs> <laughs> she drove away with the pump. Oh, no really? That happened one day? Oh my Something God. they could see on YouTube. <laughs> I was about to say, on a film somewhere. Yeah, exactly. She drove oh away with the pump. My. So the actual pump went along with the car? <laughs> the whole lot, all it off. <laughs> Has the shop changed in any way over the years, do you think? I know from the outside it still looks, you know, lovely and traditional, which is uh, great to see. Well, not, it's not like as traditional as it was, but it's still fairly good. It would never be like it was again because mm. uh, they're totally different times. It's called the almond stores for a good, very good reason. Mm. Uh, we sold paraffin oil, uh, methylated spirits, pig food, Turkey food. Uh, they were all in barrels out there, like in the, the, the demolished there. They were there, like along the line of sheds. And they sold pretty much everything that was to sell, like you know. What about the name? The Amos Doors. Mm. Well, the, the, this place, whole extended area around here was was the, under the Duke of Ormond or somewhere, I believe. Now I'm, I'm not a great historian, but. Uh, there was an almond hotel in Clamell. and there was indeed. My dad worked there. There was lots of almonds around mm. because you were, it was more or less an address more than anything else. And the stores, obviously, because they stored everything here, mm. literally everything. Oh, do you know what though? It's it's lovely to know that mm. we still have the almond stores here and yeah. and the bar and the bar in the background. Yeah. I want to thank you for giving us some insight to, to your story here no, at Almond Stores and no, also no. history of this lovely establishment. Johnny no, no. O'Dwyer, thank you so much. And thank you for asking me out. Have a chat about it. <laughs> the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Johnny. And wasn't it great to hear the history of Almond Stores? Love that. Now, before I go, time to announce the winners for our hashtag Where's Mella competition. You guessed it, this week Mella was indeed at the Kickham Plaza or the old Kickham Barracks. Well done to our winners on Facebook, Roisin DeBarra, and on Instagram, Shane7Connor. And you both get yourself a Clonmel Podcast mug and car sticker. And due to popular demand and because you love her, yes, Mella will be back taking more selfies around Clonmel next week and giving you the chance to win more mugs and car stickers. So that is it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Clonmel Podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy Clonmel Pride. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.